Hey there, NFT Curious listener. Ethan here from Edge of NFT. We did it. Along with my incredible co-hosts Jeff and Josh, as well as along with the huge crew of Rockstar team members we assembled, we have just pulled off a stellar inaugural NFTLA event featuring the creme de la creme of Web3 and leveraging the vibrant entertainment scene of Los Angeles. This episode is one of a series featuring content from the NFTLA event, which happened March 28th to the 31st, 2022. Today's session is among those where one of us Edge of NFT co-hosts facilitated a main stage talk or breakout panel. This recording features my co-host, Josh Krieger, conducting a Metaverse fireside chat with Matthew Nuzareth of Sandbox. Enjoy. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger the podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Love you guys. This is day three. Still rocking out. Uh, really excited to have this next gentleman up here. Matthew, come on up from Sandbox. Thank you so much for joining us. In a lot of ways, Sandbox is a metaphor for our entire industry. And when we built this conference, we built it thinking about what's going on in the industry and how we can all choose our own adventure. And I think you guys have created that opportunity for everyone. So really appreciate that. Yeah, hi, nice to be Super excited to be here this morning. Likewise. So to set the framework for the conversation, what is Sandbox? And uh, by the way, thank you, Ev, uh, Arthur and Seb, for uh, creating such a, a great name that really represents what we're doing here in Web3. So the Sandbox is a metaverse uh, based on the blockchain, so decentralized. And uh, it's a place where you can go and uh, you have an avatar, it's avatar-centric. And you can, uh, you know, play, engage with players and uh, be entertained, eventually do all sorts of things that you see in the real life that is coming to the metaverse and to the sandbox. Amazing. And, uh, you know, you've been in the gaming industry for 22 years since 2000, the crypto industry since 2017. What's different about this moment in time? I think it's really, I mean, we've seen it. This is the moment where crypto in general, crypto gaming and NFTs are taking off because the, the, the market and the, the, the audience is finally here. Uh, even so, it's just the beginning. I think it's really this defining moment. You know, we'll go back in time, maybe in 20 years and think of 2021 and 2022 as the, the, the real birth of the, the crypto industry and the NFT and the metaverse industry. So these NFTs... How have they shifted what's possible when it comes to the fundamental concept of blockchain gaming and metaverses like Sandbox? I mean, we are not the first metaverse. Uh, you, have, you have had other metaverses before, but they were all centralized, Web2-centric uh, uh, companies. And with, with NFTs and with Web3 decentralization, I think it creates a new, new opportunities for creators and for players that was not possible before. And uh, uh, this is really what's truly unique about us and a bunch of other decentralized metaverse. Totally. So where are you guys in, in your journey in terms of Web3? Where, where does Sandbox fall out at this moment in time? And what's next? So we are both 
far and still at the beginning. The company uh, started in 2018 at the worst of time for, for the crypto you know, industry. That was when it was called the crypto winter, if you remember. Everyone was hightailing it out of town. Yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, also crypto gaming was barely a thing. And kudos to the founders for, you know, uh, moving forward and, and, and going full steam on crypto gaming at the time. So we started to build the product in 2018, four years ago, and building a metaverse, which is essentially a large-scale social, real-time gaming entertainment experience. It takes a lot of time, lots of resources. You need all sorts of engineers, designers, project managers. So it really takes time. So we are far and we're ahead of a lot of people. But still, it's still the very beginning. Uh, we're just getting started. So we think we have years and decades of, of innovation and growth ahead of us. So you, you finished season one, right? Yes. we had. So we had the first season in December. Uh, and we are going by seasons. We're still in alpha mode. Uh, lasted for 30 days. And then uh, we had season two starting at the beginning of the month, ending today. So... You still have time. Go and download on sandbox.game. You can download the uh, uh, the game and, and, and have fun until tonight. And then we're going to have, I think, uh, five or s- another five seasons this year. That's exciting. And um, you know, I, I think it's really important to understand that for a lot of folks, Sandbox came out of nowhere, right? But this is a long time coming, and there's a lot of work that goes into creating this Web3 economy that we can all benefit from today. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's an overnight success that took like 10 years in the making. The company even existed even before the sandbox we know today. So, uh, and, and, and I know I've, I've been doing games for a while. Um, and making a, a successful game, usually nobody can pull it off the first time. You need years and years of polishing and practice and iteration until you come up with something that really works and that people want. Yeah, and I, I think this Web3 economy has its challenges too. We heard on day one, um, you know, Geo dropped a bomb about a major hack that occurred on Monday. And I'm curious how Sandbox looks at the risk and benefits of decentralization and how you need to balance those considerations around protecting people, especially when we're talking about mainstream adoption, which is the theme of this conference. Yeah, there is always this tension about going full decentralized, being fully decentralized, and, and which makes it a bit harder for ordinary users. If you have to own your keys, those, the seed words, for example, it, it's not intuitive for a lot of people, but it's also very, very safe, as opposed to going you know, maybe less decentralized, making it easier for users, but a bit more risky. So I think it's a very, it's, it's, it's a, it's a very hard balance to find. Um, I hear a lot of people saying, oh, users don't care about decentralization until they do, until you have, you have a hack like this one. And, uh, so you lose $625 million. Exactly. It's a bit like when, when people were saying, I don't know if you remember, like five or six years ago, people were saying, oh, users don't care about privacy until they do and until you had all the backlash that came, you know, maybe uh, over the past couple of years. And I think when users really understand the trade-off between privacy, uh, sorry, security and ease of use, then they're going to get more, more and more uh, aware of, you know, of all those trade-offs and they're going to make their choice. And I think decentralization is, is a good thing for everybody. We just need to make it easier for people to, uh, to onboard. Speaking of onboarding, I think there's an interesting distinction that you guys have made in terms of having a play and earn economy as opposed to uh, a play-to-earn economy. 
which is a, a common term you used. Why, why is that? So there is a lot of pushback in the gaming industry about NFTs and gaming in general. And I think the, 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 the rationale behind this is they, they, they're telling us, oh, it's just, just a cash grab. It's just a way for companies to make more money. And I think what it may be true for some companies, those game makers and publishers who want to make it on the long term, the only way to succeed is really to um, uh, work on the experience, on the firm first, and the monetization is, is a consequence of this. I've never seen a gaming company succeeding on the long term that hasn't really focused first on engagement, retention, and then monetization. So this is what we're doing at the Sandbox. We're putting the fun and uh, the, the experience first, and monetization is a consequence of this. And this is the only way to last like five years, 10 years, decades. So how are you doing that? Uh, we're doing it with having a good team making, you know, building experiences, uh, getting feedback from users. The mechanics, so it's like five percent is the. Oh, the our tech rate is, uh, and, and I will say that our tech rate is only five percent. So, think of us as an app store in a way, and we only take five percent. So we redistribute uh, the vast majority of the proceeds to the community, to the creators, uh, to the people who stake sand, if you want to stake sand, uh, and and to the users. Well, I, you know. Let's get a little bit more specific because these guys have done some really fun collabs this year, right? Um, you've worked with some iconic brands like The Walking Dead on one hand, The Care Bears, The Smurfs on another, and of course, Snoop Dogg. Sounds like a pretty fun calendar to manage. It is fun, but it's also a lot of work behind the scene. Uh, I think it's fair to say that today all the big brands, all the big companies are ask, as, asking themselves, what, are, what is an NFT? What is the metaverse? What shall I do? And because we're the leading metaverse today, they, they, they really come to us and uh, they want to partner with us. So you, you mentioned a few names in the gaming. Uh, so gaming is definitely a vertical that's taking off in the metaverse. It's a very natural fit to have gaming experiences inside the metaverse. But we also have right now entertainment, signing deals with artists and musicians, and fashion is also coming. Digital fashion and fashion in general is becoming really a big thing in, in, in Web3 and the metaverse. Give us a little glimpse about that world, though. What, 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 are, what are we talking about with the Care Bears versus like Snoop Dogg? And, and how does this sort of idea of having a sandbox where both types of iconic brands um, I would definitely call Snoop a brand, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Uh, fit into it. How does yeah. that all work? So uh, uh, it's different types of experience. So Care Bear or uh, uh, the deal we have with Ubisoft, for example, it's we're bringing their game inside the metaverse, inside the sandbox. And it's going to be like typical games or mini games with, you know, challenges, quests, rewards, leveling up, this kind of things, the typical game mechanic. And then when we work with a brand like Snoop Dogg, for example, we're focusing a bit more on the entertainment side. So we're gonna, we have announced we're going to have a virtual concert with Snoop Dogg some, you know, in the next few months. Uh, but the, what I find interesting is that you, we're going to go beyond, I can't reveal what it's going to be, but it's going to be more than just an avatar of Snoop Dogg coming on stage and singing. I think that the metaverse enables new types of narrative and enables us to be much more creative uh, even for concert and, 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 and even more, actually. Um, so different types of verticals, different types of experiences, and fashion is, is something else even. All right. You got me thinking. I'm excited. Uh, what do you see as the sandbox for 
big brands and and actually let's talk about upstart brands too and creators in this uh, new Web three economy. Let's let's zoom out a little bit. So for um, uh, for small companies, for individuals, you know, it's super easy to download our tools and you can already build experiences. You can build assets. You can build logic. Uh, and and it's the the the, the, the barrier of entry for Trying and experimenting is very low, so I would encourage you know, everyone to, to come and, and play with the creator's tool. And for big companies, uh, they are sometimes they're setting up teams themselves, so we partner with them and we built it for them. Um, and what they can do in the metaverse is, it depends on who they are. Some companies, they just buy a piece of land you know, just to get started and they are, waiting, they are also educating themselves. Some companies go a bit further and they use the building um, more like, you know, showrooms or they want to show their product or services. Some are going one step further. They want to build social experiences where they engage with their audience or their customers. And, and the next level is really about, you know, for big companies, it's about setting up shop and, and with the idea of really transacting and, and engaging the customer directly inside the sandbox. And to clarify... In Sandbox, everything's an NFT, right? Including the land. You know, everything is based on, on NFTs. Yep. Very cool. And what, what are the types of, of land that people can purchase and the types of experiences that folks are talking to you about creating? So you have, uh, we, we have decided to have a finite amount of land, 166,000 or so land. We already sold two-thirds of it. So we only have, I think... 50,000 land to who, sell. Who here in the audience has a piece of sandbox right now? Some land or some sand token? All right. Well, cool. <laughs> looks like some folks have, have an opportunity here to still get in the sandbox. It's still early. That's what we like to say, right? Yeah, and you can... I mean, first of all, you don't need to own land to experience the sandbox. You can, you know, at least until tonight, until we have the next season, you can already download the, the, the game and experience. you don't need to own land same thing for creators you don't need to own land but if you do you can buy a small piece of land the, I think the entry price is around 10k US dollars and for the, a small parcel uh, which is I think 2.5 acres which is like a New York city block if you want to give you an idea but if you want bigger land it becomes much more expensive the biggest land sells for millions of dollars today and what happens after tonight? After tonight, we're going to shut off the, uh, the, 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 the client experience, reopen in five or six weeks. But if you're a creator, you can still use our tool. You can still build avatars, NFTs, buildings. It's open 24 by 7. Very cool. Well, I'm going to ask uh, another question or two, but I also want to give the audience a chance to ask questions. So get your questions ready to go. But I guess, you know, for everyone in the audience that's exploring Web3, how do you manifest your vision of this new sandbox in your own life and, and what you're doing in the space? So the vision of the sandbox is really helping everyone to, you know, fulfill their creativity. Everyone is, is creative, whether they, they know it or not. And, and by providing tools for the creators, they can really build new types of experience that we, we're not even, we want to be blown away. I think we will be blown away by what creators do and what users do as well. So for us, the, the metaverse is really this place where you can build new types of experience that is not possible in the real world and not possible on the web or on mobile either. It's, 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 it's something new that hasn't been possible before. And the incentives can be different, right? 
Yeah, the incentive as well. Yeah, the play, I mean, play and earn uh, for the first time we are creating a circular economy with, with the send token where if you're a creator, you really can monetize your creation. You can engage with your audience and you can resell it and you own it. This is the big difference between Web2 centralized metaverses like Roblox or Minecraft or Fortnite and others as opposed to Web3 metaverse companies. Setting stuff. Do we have any questions from the audience for Matthew? Everyone is waking up. We've got a couple now. All right, great. We got a mic coming around. Congratulations on uh, your success. Um, just quick question, you know, kind of very simple. You know, how do you attribute kind of the overall value of Sandbox and the token to what you're doing and, and how do you, what's your vision if, as far as, um, you know, the overall uh, you know, appreciation uh, of sandbox over time not financial advice yeah exactly i'm not a financial advisor but uh, uh, the thing is we don't we don't value it ourselves it's it's the cent token is already publicly traded on 45 exchanges around the world i think in the us it's uh, gemini and kraken i think and more exchanges around the world so it's not us it's a marketplace you have you know supply and demand i think as of this morning's uh Exchange rate, I think the cent token on a fully diluted basis is worth $11 billion. That's for the token. And for the land, same thing. We don't really make the price. I mean, we sell land, uh, we call it primary sale. And we're opening up, you know, from every few weeks, we sell a few pieces of land ourselves. So we set the price and we have the same price in cents since the inception of the company. It's a thousand cents for regular land. And it's around 4,500 cents for premium lands. Uh, but then if you go on OpenSea, you, you find land you can buy. And again, it's, it's just supply and demand. We don't really uh, come up with the price. If you look at the, the whole, um, if you aggregate all the value of all the lands today in Sandbox, it's valued at a bit more than $2 billion as, as we speak. But we don't, we don't set the price. It's really the market. There was, a, was there another question over here at some point? Yeah. Hey there, thanks for being here. Um, so my question is, uh, so obviously when Meta announced that they were getting into the metaverse, this was a huge transformation. And that's when we saw sand blow up and mana blow up and everything blow up. So as a business, what's your vision or how are you guys planning for, as Meta continues pushing down this road, how does something like Sandbox continue to compete or what niche are we continuing to carve out? So first of all, we know very little about what Meta will do in the metaverse. So I, I don't know what they're going to do. I can say my belief is that Web2 companies, they're going to try to enter the fray, and some of them already have a metaverse. But most of them approach the metaverse purely from uh, uh, an immersive experience perspective, which is also our part of what we, we view. But they are lacking the Web3 component, the ownership, the decentralization. And I think it's going to be nearly impossible for the incumbents, for those web two, centralized Web2 companies to change the, the Web2 engine that is so entrenched, that is so deep in their business model, so deep into their, the culture and what they've been building over the past decades for some of them. And changing the Web2 engine by a Web3 engine is almost impossible. It's like changing the, the engine of a, of a plane where it flies, it's, especially at their scale, they're big companies. So uh, my view is that they will still be very successful. Don't get me wrong, I admire what they've done. I mean, amazing products, great business model. 
uh, but I think they will become legacy business, probably surviving for a very long time. And I see Web3 companies really are the ones that are going to really take off and grab a big and, piece of the, of the market. And this is coming from a guy that built in Web2, right? You've built yes. several successful gaming companies yes. using Web2 technology. Exactly. But you're all in on Web3. I'm all in on Web3. I'm really passionate about crypto. Uh, and, uh, and, and I don't think Web3 is going to replace Web2. It's just going to go beyond and make the whole thing bigger. Cool. Other questions from the audience? Everyone's taking it all in. Oh, here we go. Quick follow on there to, to the incumbent Web2 providers that are moving into the space. Are you going to steal the march by working on interoperability? So are you already speaking with Decentraland and you know, pick your flavor of metaverse? What's that conversation like right now? So, um, yes, we very much believe in being interoperable. Uh, we, don't, we, don't, we don't claim we're going to be the only metaverse in town. We think it's going to be a multi-metaverse world where you have different value proposition, maybe different niche for different people. Uh, and, and even by land size, we only have 166,000 piece of land. So we don't even want to be the biggest by land size. We just want to be the most exciting, the, 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 the place where we have all the creators, we have the most exciting people, the most exciting brands, the culture coming into to, to, to the, to the sandbox. That being said, yeah, we are very open to working with others. Uh, and I mean, the, the core of Web3 is, is even, I mean, it's not our decision. Uh, if you own an NFT, it, it, it can go from your metaverse to another one. We don't really have a, a, a say as it, it's part of the standard. But the NFT, as you know, it's like almost like metadata, right? It, it's just information about what is your avatar, what is the rarity trait, uh, what is you know the color of the eyes and the color of, of the hair or, of, or, or the wearables. So this will go wherever you go and which, wherever metaverse you choose to go, then it's up to the metaverse in question to decide how they're going to render it. Because we have this voxel style. If you've seen the sandbox, it's very pixelated and it's by choice. Uh, but if you go to the central land, it's, it's, it's much more realistic. And some other metaverses are going all the way to being hyper-realistic. So it's, it's up to the, uh, each metaverse to decide how they're going to render NFTs minted on other platforms, but a, we're a big proponent of, of being interoperable. All right. I, I guess on that, on that note of interoperability, how do different blockchain chains fit in, into that? I mean, we're talking about something that's not easy, right? When, when we talk about building bridges and, 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 uh, to an interoperable world, uh, how long will that take? For, for true interoperability from your, from your perspective? From different blockchains, you mean? From different blockchains and, and different metaverses. Like, where are we in that journey? Uh, I think we're at the beginning. For, f between metaverse, as long as they are built like us on, on Ethereum, I think it's going to be easier. It's still going to take some time because you have to build those connectors or those... Um, transformation tool to, to transform an NFT form one uh, uh, metaverse to another one. Uh, but, and we migrating to Polygon, I think it's also going to make it easier uh, and cheaper for people to build uh, uh, and mint and buy and, and, and create and sell 
NFTs, and and I think it's going to be easy if if other metaverses are going on other Polygon or other other L2s. Then if we're talking about other L1 chains like a Solana or Avalanche or others, I think it's going to take a bit more time. Eventually, we are agnostic. We are, we are going to go where the users are going. Right now, the traction is on, on Ethereum and Polygon, so we're staying there. And we'll see, you know, what the users are, what users want in in next few years. Yeah, that's that's exciting. So fast forward to uh, the future when when we're in our fifth fifth year at NFT LA, what what's going to be happening with Sandbox and in, in this amazing space? Uh, hopefully, Sandbox will. Uh, right now, it's on desktop, PC, and Mac, and will be in in more platforms. Mobile is obvious. Then I strongly believe that the you know, AR and VR is about to take off, you know, and, and AR and VR has been has been coming in the next two years for the past 20 years, but I think it's really coming now. For real, finally. I think it's for real, and you see, I can, I can feel it. I, I can see the, the taking off, and, and I think big tech players are coming, you know, by the end of the year or any next year with new goggles or glasses. So I think it, it's really coming. Uh, so hopefully the, the sandbox will also be available on, on those platforms. Yeah, I saw. I was at uh, dinner recently with the Web three person, and they took a, a picture of the meal we were eating with their glasses. So I was like, "Whoa, it's here! Yeah, it's coming!" Well, that's great, Matthew. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Uh, really appreciate your time, and excited about the future of Sandbox and this Sandbox for all of you in the audience. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, we hope you enjoyed that episode. Make sure to visit edgeofnft.com slash discord to continue the conversation. And also visit edgeofnft.com slash AR to plant a 3D augmented reality tree right from your mobile device inspired by our forthcoming Living Tree NFT collection, which will offer you the hottest alpha and participatory benefits within our ecosystem. The Living Tree NFT collection will also plant over 100,000 real trees. All right. Well, guys, I think we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. Thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to Spotify or iTunes right now, rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.